This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. I am so delighted to let you know about our new sponsors. Waterful Plastic Free Wipes will be supporting the podcast for the next couple of months and it's been in the pipeline for a little while so I'm delighted to finally be able to announce our new supporters. So Waterful Plastic Free Wipes, which I'm sure many of you are, if not using, would have heard of um, over the past couple of months. They're very new to the market but just to give you a little bit of information on them, they are plastic-free baby wipes which contain 99.9% purified water and are both fragrance and alcohol-free. The wipes are made from natural cellulose plant fibres, making them so much softer and kinder to delicate skin. Waterfall baby wipes are hypoallergenic, having been extensively tested by dermatologists and are approved by the Skin Healthcare Alliance and Allergy UK, accepted by the International Eczema Association and are also certified by Cruelty-Free International and the Vegan Society. Waterful baby free wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and also 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks, they are the best choice for our planet and your baby's future. Another amazing selling point for the baby wipes is they're so much bigger than other wipes and they're so robust. So they don't just slip away in your hand or disintegrate in your hand and you don't have to use five or six of them for a particularly messy job. So available for purchase in Tesco, selected super values and can be bought in bulk on Amazon. Kindful, mindful and waterful.
So Maeve, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Delighted to have you on. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, we just dive straight in. And if you want to just give us a little introduction to you and your family, and then we'll chat about your first pregnancy. Yeah, of course. So my name's Maeve um, and my partner's David. And we've been together nine or 10 years now. Nine, maybe. <laughs> Losing track. Um, and I have two little boys. So Tyg and Dunica. So we're very busy. <laughs> What's the, what age are they? So they're two and seven months. So there's like, there, there's just, there's pretty much just two years between the two of them. So okay. two they'll March be, babies. They'll be, pals, <laughs> they'll be pals when they're older, when they have a little bit of That's tolerance it. of one another. <laughs> yeah. They're already wrestling and up to mischief like, and so... <laughs> So let's just dive straight into your first pregnancy. Brilliant. Well, um, I found out I was pregnant. Um, it would have been July 2018, I think. Um, and like it was a bit of a surprise, but we were we were delighted. Like it was kind of planned, but kind of not planned at the same time. Like we'd had a discussion about it. Um, but like we weren't trying as as people would say technically um but we were so delighted um the pregnancy itself was was great like I didn't have any morning sickness really or um anything just tiredness um so how did you find out when you were pregnant did you have a missed period or did you feel off um I had a missed period and I probably felt a bit tired but like I didn't think anything um and I went out for tea with a few of my friends and I was like, God, I just feel really strange. And I was like, so I texted David when I was out with the girls and said, will you go get a test? Um, and by the time I was home, then he had to test. And then like, we took it out or I took it, not we took it. But, um, and then, yeah, big shock, but we were delighted. <laughs> so then, so did you go to your GP to confirm it or what did you do there? Yeah, I went to my GP, but like I went fairly quickly because I wasn't sure what to do. And yeah. Um, they just said carry on as normal so like I just went about had a normal summer um, headed off to I used to do summer camp in Barrettstown and then we went off on holiday to holidays to Italy and everything was normal I just remember in Italy um, it was the smell of cheese anytime we were in a restaurant and of course in Italy just loads of cheese Um, it was just turning my stomach uh, all the time but um no, the pregnancy, like it was really straightforward. Like I, we were so lucky. Um, everything was fairly, like went really well. And when did you, what hospital did you attend? Um, the Coombe. So I was doing the Domino scheme. Okay, brilliant. Um, which I found really good. Um, just not having to go into the hospital, you know, all, all the time. So actually, this might be a good opportunity if you want to talk us through what the domino scheme looks like, because a lot of people know of it, but they don't know the details of how it all works. Yes. So what happened was, I think they sent out the booking forms um, and it said, if you live in a certain catchment area, um, you might be able to qualify for the domino scheme. Um, So I think on the forms, they were saying, oh, uh, I think kind of naming not to have um, too much intervention. Now, I didn't really know a whole lot about birth or anything at the time, but I said, sure, 
we try it and I think it was the air you get you got home early um with it was what uh was the big thing that for me I was didn't really want to stay in the hospital too long um, so basically it meant that with the domino scheme half your appointments are with a midwife um and they have different clinics kind of dotted throughout Dublin or I think they have some up in Nace as well and then the other half of your appointments are with the GP so I was only in the hospital kind of for 12 week scan the 20 week scan and possibly one or two just little appointments otherwise but everything else was kind of outside of the hospital so so did you start thinking or had you discussed it with the hospital what your preferences were or had you looked into birth and labor or anything like that um like at that stage I hadn't really looked into it too much like I was kind of probably birth no like I like I wish looking back on it that I had looked into it more but at the time um I hadn't really um I was kind of just assumed everything would be straightforward. I was a bit naive kind of to it. Like I was the first of a lot of my friends to get pregnant and have a baby. So like I didn't, like I didn't really know a lot, but then I was fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So talk to me then about about your pregnancy preparation. So did you attend any antenatal classes, yoga, anything like that? Um, We did the one day class. Um, in the coom it was like a Saturday so there was loads of couples that went um, and it was good like it was helpful I suppose but it like it didn't really prepare you <laughs> almost for what was to come um, like I think like they gave you lots of information and that but there wasn't much as to what to expect after the baby was there yeah. like was looking back on it now um, like I remember like this is jumping forward, but then in the hospital when um after I'd had the baby and they were saying, Oh, do you not know this? Or do you not know this? And no, I had no idea. <laughs> so like like there could have been a lot more information as like what I think looking back on it, if you know what I mean. So then let's talk about your final trimester, how you felt and how you felt suppose in the lead up to labour. Um I like I remember just being tired. Um like I used to come home from work and have a nap <laughs> would be the first thing I do. And then David would come home from work and like we'd have dinner and stuff. And it was like looking back on this, God, it was so nice to be able to have those really naps. Nice time. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, it was it was lovely. Like I other than the tiredness, like I like the pregnancy was great, really. Um I had a bit of a funny instant. I don't know if I should be sharing this or not, but um, it, it might help someone. Um, yeah. I think it was like I was only two or three days away from my due date, and I had a pregnancy massage booked. Um, so I was looking forward to that, and then I said, "Oh, sure, maybe when I'm in there, I should get a wax done as well." <laughs> um, oh God, this is an awful story, but. Um, so I went in for that and lay up on the table. I was like, God, this is going to prepare me great, like for the embarrassment of giving birth. Um, but obviously something had changed during my pregnancy and she put on the wax and she went to pull it off. But I think my skin was more sensitive or something. Sensitive. Yeah. And the wax didn't work, basically. So I was left covered in hot wax 
and they oh. and they couldn't um pull it off as as such oh my god the embarrassment the pain the pain <laughs> oh my god what did um, you do so the poor lady like she knew like I was like two days away from my due date something ridiculous um she's like she's gonna go to labor here (laughs) (laughs) and I remember her saying you go for your massage now um and we'll get someone to sort it out afterwards and I remember just being the whole way through the massage which was lovely thinking yeah go back in there I can't go back in there um uh so anyway I didn't I said listen I'll source something myself (laughs) what did Um, you do I like I just like cleaned it up and went to, like you know went home and yeah. you know just said <laughs> we'll be fine. The midwives have seen everything before. Yeah, other than that, like the, tri- the third tri- trimester was it was like like looking back on it, it was lovely. Um, just having that time, I think, preparing as well. It was lovely getting the stuff ready in the hospital bag. Like I yeah. packed it and repacked it. I don't know how many times. And I had all the outfits and little uh, Ziploc bags and everything ready to go. Um, so everything was ready, but I don't think I was, if you know what I mean. Um, so talk to us about then the early signs of labor. Um, so I think I was two days over and I had to go for an appointment at that point. And they offered me a sweep. So I remember sitting there being like, oh, I don't know either way. And then I was like, okay, well, just let's just do it. So I had a sweep and it was it was fine. Like, I think some people say find it very uncomfortable, but mm. it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, and I remember the doctor said that my plug was gone and she thought the baby would be here really soon. So I went home um and lay on the couch and got David to leave loads of treats beside me and was like I'll call you in a few hours and I'll be in labor and you can come home from work and we'll be ready to go but um nothing happened uh, so I just remember all my friends were texting me being like any news today any news today <laughs> and it was so frustrating because um obviously I had no news if I had news I would have texted them <laughs> so I think by the time I actually had him. I was, he was 10 days over. Um, Okay. So it was kind of, so he was due on a Wednesday. And then the following Wednesday, um, I rang up the Domino midwives and I just said, listen, is there any tips you could have? I'd rather avoid an induction if I could. and the midwife I was talking to was lovely. And she said, some people find acupuncture great. Yes. Yeah. So like that, she gave me the number of someone and I rang her up straight away and was like, please, please, can you see me? Um, and she saw me and I, so that would have been on the Thursday. Yeah. So on the Thursday morning, I would have gone for acupuncture. And then Thursday night when I went to bed, kind of I woke up in the night um, and the contractions had started. So the acupuncture right. set it off. And I remember then, so the contractions started kind of like two or three in the morning, say, and like they were only like period pains. So there wasn't much to it. But I remember being so excited and nervous that mm. like I couldn't sleep in between. I kept, I kept like timing them <laughs> and not getting 
any sleep. Like if I could go back and tell myself, maybe go get some sleep. Um, so the night, like I stayed in bed and things were fine, but I didn't sleep much. Um, we got up the next morning um, we, David didn't go into work so that would have been the Friday um, and we just kind of stayed at home for the day um, we went for a walk and I remember because we used to live beside the Phoenix Park so we went into the Phoenix oh, Park um, and I kept having to stop to breathe every so often I'd say people driving by were looking at me but I was kind of I wanted to stay at home as long as possible um, and then it would have kind of been getting to that night, like in the evening time, um, they would have ramped up a bit and I thought they were getting really bad. So I got the TENS machine and I started in and out of the shower um, and I rang the hospital and said like they're maybe three or four minutes apart and they said, sure, come in and we'll have a look and we'll see. So we went in and I had to go up to that assessment unit and I think they said I might have only been one or two centimetres. And I remember just being distraught at the thought that it was only one or two centimetres. Um, yeah, I didn't know what to do. So like they were lovely up there and they said, listen, that you can stay and you can have some petadine and you'll have to go up to like a labour ward. But um, that David wouldn't be able to stay. So I didn't want at that point, like I did just need a David with me, basically. So um, I said, no, I'm going to go back home for a little while. So we went back home. Um, it was only like a 10 or 15 minute drive, so it was fine. So we went back home and I think we went to bed, but there was no no way I was going to sleep at that point. So David went into bed and I remember just being in the bathroom and like I was sitting on the toilet, but with like the toilet seat closed and the bathroom we had in our apartment, like I had no windows. Um, and I remember just having like the small light on over the mirror. And I must have been there like a few hours almost. Um, just kind of going like going with all the contractions kind of like I was just kind of sitting in the dark almost, you know, just kind of with the TENS machine Um and then there was a point David woke up and he was like, maybe we need to go back. <laughs> you sound really bad. So we went back. Um, I'd say it was like five or six in the morning. I think we were kind of conscious to go before there was any like traffic. Traffic, yeah. Because <laughs> like the last thing I wanted was to be sitting in traffic. So we went back. And I think at that point, like I wasn't, I don't know exactly like how many centimeters I was, but I wasn't. Um, like they weren't rushing me down to the labour ward or anything. Um, I think I was vomiting at that point as well. Like I just wasn't feeling well. And they put me on a trace. Um, and I think the baby's heart rate was dipping in between the contractions. Um, so I just remember staying on this trace for a, a long time. Um, I think I was in that assessment unit. I think I was there about three or four hours. Um, I think looking back on it now, or I went for the debrief afterwards and they said it was because there was no rooms up in the labor wards so um they just had to keep me in that assessment room so I remember that was awful because like I was so tired at that point like this was I don't know how many hours like I'd been awake um 
and I was kind of falling asleep between contractions and then the contraction would wake me and I'd get a big fight and it would be twice as sore <laughs> almost because I was like dozing in between um and you were probably seeing people come and go a lot in the assessment unit as well the assessment unit yeah you see that's it and then I was so aware that there was like other women coming in and I was like trying not to make noise and to you know things yeah. like that like you're kind of aware of people around you um isn't that bonkers? Like, because I was the exact same. Mm. I was so conscious of the noises that I had was making, but you don't have very little control over it. That's it. And like, yeah, other people aren't listening to you, like looking back on no. this, but in the moment you're kind of trying. And I was like, I don't want to scare someone coming in by making noise, even though they were probably the exact same, like as me. But um, then I remember it was around nine o'clock. Like I think obviously the midwives, the next shift started and they had a room for me down in the labour ward um, and the midwife came in to get me and I had remembered her. She was, I had met her at one of my domino appointments previously because you meet different midwives and they're all on the same team and then one of them you'll have for your labour. And I remember when I went home uh, to David after that appointment and I said, God, if I get her, she is just so lovely. Uh, um yeah. And then she walked in and it was her and I was just so like, it was just a big relief. I was like, yeah, she's gorgeous. Um, And I just remember the long walk down the corridor um, in the labor ward. So I had, was in the kind of domino room. So it's room with a pool. um, And I think it's right down the end of the corridor. And I was sobbing (laughs) the whole way down the corridor. Um, and then the midwife um, was giving me, like, was kind of hugging me. And she was, like, mammying me, being like, you're okay. Just, you're fine. You're fine. Um, and what was that? Was that fear or what was that? I think I was just overwhelmed by everything. Yeah. Um, like, it was just, and I was so tired, I think, at this point. I was just really, really tired. Um, and then, you know, just kind of, you don't know what's about to come, but yet you're excited. Yeah. Like, it was just like just too many emotions at once um but eventually then we got into the room and we kind of set up our stuff I got like changed into a nightdress um and then the midwife sent David off to get a bite to eat um and I remember then they the, the doctor came in and said oh we need to break your waters and so we were ringing and ringing David to come back but he was out having his cup of coffee or whatever he was doing, taking his time. And they were like, okay, we can't wait for him <laughs> any longer. So anyway, so they went ahead, they broke my waters. Um, and I had to stay on the trace. Uh, I think like the baby's heart rate, rate was still dropping slightly, but they weren't overly concerned. So it was okay. Um and then I'm trying to take, you lose track kind of of everything that happens, don't you? <laughs> so I think then our midwife, she went on her break. So David was back then at this point. Um, and I was kind of lying on the bed and I had the peanut ball between my legs. And I was saying, oh my goodness, I feel like I need to push. I think the baby's coming. And he was like, no, no, you're not allowed to push. You're not allowed to push. She's not here. And so this went on for a few minutes. I did, obviously she wasn't gone too long because it was only early in the morning. Like she was only gone for a coffee, like a tea or coffee break. So eventually she came back and 
she was like, yeah, you're ready to go. And I was like, what? <laughs> ready to do what? You had no pain relief. Um, I think I had tried the gas and air, but I didn't like it. Um, okay, yeah. So I hadn't had anything. Now, so then when she came back and she was like, yeah, you're ready to push. I think they brought me out to the bathroom first. So I went out to the bathroom. And then when I came back and she said, try to gas and air again. So I tried to gas and air and I loved it then. So I used this, you know, from that point on. So I think I started pushing. Um, it would have been about 11 o'clock. And then he was born at half 11. So it didn't take too long. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was kind of upright on the bed. So I was holding on to the back of the bed. Um, and then I remember I kept every time a contraction was coming, I was like hitting David. Like I didn't even say anything for him to boost the TENS machine. So I found the TENS machine amazing. I used it the whole way through. Okay. Um, I would have been lost without it. So um, so did he come up then between your legs to, to your front? Yeah. So he was passed up between my yeah. legs onto my front and like, I can't even describe it. Like it was just amazing. Um, and then of course, like it took me a minute and I was like, Oh my God, it's a boy. Like, you know, you don't even look straight away. Yeah, you don't. Um, and then just trying to take him in, like taking his features and of course he looks just like his dad, not a bit of me in him. Um, but he cried straight away. And I remember then, um, the midwife kind of said, wait till you see this, look at this. And she kind of put him on my tummy. I was laying down then and he did that, the crawl up to the breast, um, which was just amazing. Like I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. And he latched on fairly well. Um, I had problems with him latching on then afterwards, kind of in the hospital. But I think that first time he seemed to latch um, well. Um, And then I think placenta came fairly quickly. I don't have much memory of it coming because like I was just looking at the baby almost um and then when David was doing a skin to skin because I didn't have an epidural or anything I was able to go have a shower which was just amazing just just to feel normal again and I put on like clean nightdress or pajamas or whatever and then before they were taking me down to the ward so um and how did you feel physically? Did you have any any tears or any damage or anything? I think they said I had a bit of a graze. Um, so, like, I was really lucky. Brilliant. I remember being in the shower, <laughs> the shower, though, and, like, kind of cleaning myself and looking down and being like, oh, my God. <laughs> blood. The blood and then the swelling yeah. as well. No one says anything about yeah. the swelling. I was like, what has happened? <laughs> But like that goes away very quickly. Um, but it is, I like, because uh, uh, when you were saying you had a shower, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I remember the shower. But I remember the shower for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. because I actually, you know, they give you a little sheet thing to put your feet on. Yeah. And I was like, and where's everything else <laughs> to mop all this blood up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember having to call Sean in and he was unraveling rolls and rolls of toilet roll to try and mop it all up because you didn't want anyone else to have to do it but it was really bad yeah yeah you know and something like when the midwife came in she came in to and she was just so kind and she was like dry helping me dry and I was like yeah no no please like <laughs> I'll do it myself it's fine you know being a bit embarrassed but like they mm. see it every day so um and like she was just kind of mammying me and it was like you know she was just lovely um 
So then kind of from there, we just went down to the ward and David was able to um, come with us and he stayed for the day. So because he was born at half 11 that morning, um, he was able to stay in the hospital, I think, for pretty much for the whole day. Right, um, yeah. I found breastfeeding really difficult um, at the start. The, like I kept buzzing for the midwives to kind of come and help me. But like they were they're so busy in there. And then I kind of find they just almost grab him and put him on and they weren't really teaching you how to do it. Um and then it turns out that he had a tongue tie as well. So he wasn't really able to latch on. So then we kind of started a cycle of pumping and then giving him the little bit of colostrum that would come when I pumped and then topping him up with bottles. And it was a bit of a nightmare now, to be honest, in the hospital. Um, and was a tongue tie diagnosed in the hospital? Yeah, so actually the midwife I was with, who she said it almost straight away, I got as soon as he okay. born, she said, oh, I think he has a tongue tie. Um, and then, so he was born on Saturday. I could have gone home on the Sunday because I was in the domino scheme, but they encouraged me to stay till the Monday so that I could meet the lactation consultant. Right. Um, and then she confirmed that there was a tongue tie. Um, I think, like she said, if I were to get it done in the coom, like it would take a few weeks possibly. So we said, no, like we'll sort it out ourselves. So we got it mm. done. I'd say he was about a week old by the time we got it done. Um, and once he had that done, then the breastfeeding was great. Um, okay, great, yeah. Like he was latching on fine. I think then I kind of had problems. Like I wish I had known more about breastfeeding, like if I had known at the time, um, because I was pumping and different things, I ended up with oversupply, which like I know people say undersupply is hard, but oversupply is awful as well. Um, so talk to me about that, because I know because. Uh, like I had undersupply and I before I knew what I know now I would have given anything to have oversupply <laughs> um so talk to me about that how how was that how did that feel so basically like so because I was pumping 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 to get my milk in because he wasn't able to latch it meant that like I had too much milk all the time so I always felt engorged um and then when he was feeding um like the letdown would be so quick that he'd be like gulping to try keep up with it and then okay he'd end up always kind of like eating too much or he'd be getting sick because he was like didn't have time to breathe almost in between um so like I'd have to lie back and almost have him on top of me um to try slow to let down basically um which what like you couldn't do that out and about like lie down on a park bench <laughs> and have him lying on top of you but um did you leak a lot then for a long time or I think like eventually things settled down um but I think the oversupply led to I ended up getting mastitis when he was five weeks old and I was back in the hospital for a week with that um I got it really bad but I think it was all like I didn't have enough education almost about breastfeeding like I didn't know what I should or shouldn't be doing. Um, I just didn't know like what I was doing really, like looking back on it. Um, so it kind of came on me very quickly. Like I felt really unwell. And we went into the coom and 
I think I, they gave me an antibiotic and we went home. But then that night, like I had to ring them up and was like, my temperature was through the roof and I had to go straight back in. And we were back in for a week. Um, like I was so, so unwell looking back on it. Uh, David, God love him, stayed. We got a private room, like just out of, I don't know, obviously because I was unwell. And so he was able to stay with me because I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Um for lifting the baby in and out and because I had lines in both my arms um, with antibiotics. Um, so lifting the baby in and out to me to feed him and things like that. Uh, That's tough. That's really tough going, especially. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. First time round, and this yeah was not something that you expect, especially because we don't educate us uh, educate ourselves as much as we should. So mastitis probably the symptoms and everything felt really alien, and you probably felt very unprepared. Exactly, and then I think I found it hard as well because like all the midwives and nurses and everyone, they were so lovely in the hospital, but everyone was telling me different things. So some yes. some nurses would or midwives would say, "Oh, you have to stop pumping." Some would say, "No, you have to keep going." Like there was no set plan almost. So like, and then it was left to me to decide and try. I didn't know what to do. So I remember anyway, we got out of the hospital and I arranged an appointment with a lactation consultant. Um, and she was wonderful. She kind of, cause I, at that point, like I didn't know whether I wanted to stop breastfeeding. Like I was afraid to stop, but 
then I was afraid if I continued breastfeeding, I'd end up with mastitis again. Like I just didn't know what to do. I was kind of, I was in two minds. Um, so I met with her and she kind of said she'd support me either way. And I kind of, I just kept breastfeeding then at that point. Um, and then we kept going until he was 18 months, I think. <laughs> so like it all worked out in the end, but I remember like I just wish um, I had done kind of a breastfeeding course or there was more information like that in um, the antenatal class because I think like they might have shown us positions for breastfeeding or, you know, like there was very little information really. Um, but like overall, like after, after the whole mastitis issue, like other than that, it was like I really enjoyed breastfeeding. Um, I ended up going to like a little support group as well. And I think there was a few other women there and I'd never, I don't think I'd ever even seen people breastfeeding before. Um, so just, just seeing other women breastfeeding and being able to say, oh, this happened or that, or that happened um, was really helpful too. So. Yeah. It's so important mm. to have that, to have that, um, even if you wouldn't socialize with them, otherwise it's nice to have that little connection weekly or whatever, for an hour or whatever. It's nice to have that. Yeah, exactly. So will we move on to your, next pregnancy when did you decide to start thinking about adding to your family again um so when Tyg was he was about a year old um I got my period back then and kind of as soon as I got my period back I was feeling broody (laughs) and we were like no no we won't but we at the time like it was very busy we were building a house um so we were living with my parents um, I, w- I wasn't back in work because I was at home. I was caring for my mum. So like it was a bit, bit hectic, but mm. like we thought, oh, we'll be in the house for Christmas. So maybe if, like we can start trying soon. Um, so I think maybe a month or two after that, we ended up um, finding out we were pregnant again. Um, so delighted, I think. Maybe it was the day after David's day or the day of his birthday we found out. So I remember giving Tyke the stick and sending him into David <laughs> to show him. Um, so like we were delighted. I think with COVID though, like that was kind of around the time of all the lockdowns and everything was, was changing. And um like I was much more nervous, I found this time. I think like with my first pregnancy, I almost didn't know all the things that could go wrong. Whereas then, um, like second time round, like it's, you just know, you just different. you just yeah. know things. Like you just know more information, and like, you, you know what you could lose. I I only had this conversation with my friend at the playground at the weekend. I think with each pregnancy, the fear gets more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you have your children, you realize. What, what you what you could lose I suppose exactly and you've everything planned like from the moment we got that positive pregnancy test we were like oh just going to be this much of an age gap between them and like you know you've everything planned out um yeah. but so what we ended up doing was we booked in for an early scan um in one of the private scan places um I think I was nervous to go for my 12 week scan by myself um so we booked in I'd I don't know I was maybe eight weeks or 10 weeks around that point I'm not sure exactly and we went for a private scan 
and David was able to come. So we saw the baby and everything was fine. And like, I think kind of that point, like there was just a sense of relief um, to know that everything was okay. And kind of got started getting more excited then at that point. Um, and it was kind of then I started thinking about possibly having a home birth. So I think, as I was saying to you previously, um, I had been listening to all your podcasts and I'd he- heard about home birth. Like I'd never heard about it before having Tyg. So I heard about it and I thought, oh, I don't know. I don't really think it's for me. Um, but a few different things, like my mum wasn't well, as I was saying at the time. So like we were very nervous about, like I didn't want to be going into the hospital and bringing mm. something home to her. Um, and then with my labour with Tyg, like I need David with me the whole time. So I didn't want to be like, I was afraid of being alone in the hospital without him. So there was a few different things like that, that led up to me thinking about home birth. Um, and then the final thing, so my wonderful midwife I had in the hospital, um, we actually found out that she had left the coom and she had become a home birth midwife. Oh, well, there you go. So I was like, well, maybe if it was her, I could consider doing it because she was just so wonderful. So I ended up bringing her anyway. And she actually, she didn't cover my area, but um, she gave me the number of a few other midwives who did. Um, and I called Anya. So I think you had Anya oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I called Anya and I had a chat with her on the phone and I kind of said, I'm not sure um, either way, but I'm thinking about it. And she was just so lovely. And she said, listen, I'll come out. We can make an appointment and we can see. And there's no pressure either way and have loads of questions and we'll just see what you think. So, um, yeah, kind of from that point, then we thought, Hmm. We maybe will we will have a home birth. <laughs> um, I didn't actually tell many people. Like my family yeah. knew, like because we were living with them, um, and that was a big thing as well. Actually, because so we were moving into the new house that we were building, but obviously, if we weren't in the new house, we couldn't have the home birth <laughs> because I wasn't going to have a home birth in my parents' house. <laughs> God love them, and um, they would have had a heart attack. Like if. <laughs> <laughs> they thought the baby was coming in their house <laughs> so then the pressure was on to get our house ready so the the house was supposed to be ready for Christmas um and the baby was due in March so we kind of thought like there'd be no problem but then there was a few delays so we actually it ended up going right up to the wire but we got in just in time <laughs> in time thankfully um and then overall, like the pregnancy again was really straightforward. I was really lucky. Um, there was no naps this time. Unfortunately, no, that's a killer. <laughs> I, I remember coming home from work and Sean would just find me out cold in my uniform on the bed. And then you just, just wake up and do your thing, go for a bath, do whatever. But second time around, it's just non-existent. No, like once you've a, like a toddler at home, there's just, just no way. Um, yeah. So I think I was more tired than the first time, but I think that's just because like you're busier, (laughs) isn't it? Like you're just, you don't have a chance to kind of look after yourself. Um, I had no major cravings or anything. I just couldn't actually on both my pregnancies, I couldn't stand the sight of mashed potatoes. (laughs) For some reason, anytime I saw mashed potatoes or they were in the house, I didn't feel well. So um 
mashed potatoes was the only thing that I had to stay away from. Did you attend um, Anya's hypnobirthing class? No. So what happened? We booked in for it. And then with restrictions and different things, I think like, so the face to face was cancelled and then she ended up doing an online one. Um, And I think at the time between building the house, like we were trying to spend every weekend getting whether it was floors or windows (laughs) or different things um, and having the toddler at home, we didn't end up doing it. Um, I had some of the tracks myself and I think I listened to some of them and I kind of took things from it that like I felt kind of I could relate to like um, kind of just thinking positively about it and like that your body is made to do this and you know the different sayings things like that Um, and I used to always like kind of really believe in them and I think that helped but I didn't actually end up doing the hypnobirthing course itself. But I think that's nice what you said that, that you just took snippets of um, what you did know. And I think that's really important to say about hypnobirthing. Like you don't have to dive straight in and be fully invested in it. You can really just take bits and pieces that you relate to to your birth. And I think that's that's what I like about hypnobirthing. Yeah, I didn't. I I actually my husband was actually more invested in it than I was, which was <laughs> actually, which worked out fine. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, preparation wise, do you did you do anything? different this time around um well I suppose the preparation this time was more around getting the house ready and getting all the stuff yeah. ready to have a home birth so like there wasn't too much to it really like we got a birth pool um and then we had loads of like towels and sheets and we different things um and I remember that like, I hadn't told many people I was having a home birth but I had to tell the builder who was build, who was building our house oh, okay I, oh. I had to tell my to build so under pressure I said listen <laughs> like we really need to get into the house because this is happening um and he was like no would you ever stop and I was like no honestly like um this is the plan um so in fairness to him he worked really hard um we moved in uh well we moved in like the house was was finished but we'd no kitchen as such yet like we kind of made a makeshift kitchen ourselves like we had a microwave and kettle and stuff and we went up and down um my parents actually just live next door so we were able to go up and down for proper meals at their house so once we had moved in um so it was more the preparation around the house I think was the focus really like it kind yeah. of took took away from um the baby like I remember I was like nine months pregnant and I was building Ikea wardrobes oh my god just trying to so get things. Kind of distracted I suppose you see that that's it like it was mm. like we were just kept busy um there was lots going on so between the house and the toddler um like before we knew it my due date had come <laughs> um and well the baby wasn't there yet obviously but you know the pregnancy seemed to fly past really yeah. quickly so so what was your setup did you have any um the word affirmations did you have fairy lights what did you what was the space that you created yeah so we had like I had everything in the house so we had the birth pool now it wasn't blown up at the time so we had the birth pool there ready I had like all the affirmations printed out like nice and colorful ones that I liked and we had the salt lamp and everything oh yeah there was like a couch in the room like because we didn't really have much furniture at the time um, but I was like, no, this is going to be a lovely space. Um, mm. And everything was kind of ready to go. Like we had 
most of the stuff downstairs because we assumed I'd be downstairs with the brick pool and stuff. Um, and it didn't, it didn't end up working out that way, but like, because I was upstairs in the end, but um, we, yeah, we kind of, we had everything there ready to go. Tell me about um, early labour and how things panned out. Um, so I'm just trying to think. So just before um, I went into labour, kind of a few weeks before, actually, there was worries about the baby was breech at the time. So I had to do all the spinning babies and things like that. And I had one or two appointments in the coom in between like my due date and kind of like towards the end of the pregnancy. Um, so I remember being worried that their home birth wouldn't go ahead. Um, I went for to a chiropractor um, to try to help turn the baby. And I think he turned and but his head wasn't engaged for a long time. Um, so in the coom, they were really worried about it. But Anya said, listen, it's the second baby. It's you need to be too worried about it. Um, so then it was coming up to my due date and we were in the house. Were we in the house? Yeah, we were just in the house. Um, and I was then I was at that point, I was anxious for the baby to come because my mum wasn't doing too well. And she was going to be, they were waiting for a bed for her in the hospice. So I really mm-hmm. wanted the baby to come before she went. And I was like, we hadn't really planned it, but I was hoping that she would be able to maybe come down to the birth. Like, I don't think, like we hadn't a plan, but I kind of had in my head that maybe she'd come because like with her only being next door. Um, so as it worked out, so I went for acupuncture actually that's what happened so I went for acupuncture thinking this is going to work again um and I went on the Monday and I remember like I felt really relaxed after it but and I went to bed that night thinking yes it's definitely going to happen like last time but I woke up on Tuesday morning and nothing had happened so I was really upset then um and it was on the Tuesday that my mum they got a bed for her in the hospice. So she actually, so she went in um, and I, so I was really upset. And so I spent the day just really upset, basically um, thinking, you know, like we planned this home birth and, you know, she wasn't going to be around, like to be there for it and different things. But anyway, so I kind of took Tuesday as a day to be upset. And on Wednesday I said, right, so I have to get on with things now. So um Wednesday was just a normal day and on Thursday I woke up and I had a little bit of cramping now nothing nothing major at all and I had booked in to go to acupuncture again and so I went in to her and she could tell I was a bit upset and she kind of helped me to relax and I kind of felt a bit of release when I was in with her um and then throughout the day that day gradually the contractions started to build up um like that with, with having the toddler like I wasn't paying much heed to them um I think I rang Anya at one point and said listen I'm having little pains but there's nothing major happening um we've loads of time <laughs> like you know it's especially after my first birth with Tig being so so long I just assumed like we've another day or two to go before anything actually happens um so that day, like it was just a normal day. I was pottering around with Tig, 
and um like doing silly things like we had to do the online food shop so I was doing that <laughs> um getting dinners ready and then kind of then when David finished work he was like you don't seem great and I was like no I'm not feeling I'm not feeling the best um at that point I was kind of starting to to go into myself a little bit like I was kind of feeling like I had to concentrate every time I got a little contraction um so I suppose then like as the evening went on so they would have started that morning and then we went and put Tyke to bed so Tyke goes to bed at about eight I think it was probably half eight that night I remember cuddling him in bed thinking oh is this this is going to be our last cuddles (laughs) um really like cuddling him and I think I got a bit upset almost just before I put him to bed Mm. so we put him to bed um and I think David read him his story and stuff and then he came back to the bedroom and I was like we need to ring Anya (laughs) something has changed we need to ring her so we rang Anya so it would have been about half eight um and I said like Anya like maybe you need to start coming soon like I think things might have started to change a little bit. And she was like, oh, well, maybe hop into the shower, have a shower and see how they are after that. Like, because I wasn't like breathing, like, you know, there was no signs. Like I I wasn't in distress or anything. So I was like, yeah, perfect. We'll hop into the shower. Like a typical Irish thing. Like I was really worried. I didn't want to bring her out too soon. Um, that's always the worry, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was just, I had in my head. So it's about a 40 minute drive from where she is to me, maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. So I just had in my head, I didn't want to bring her all the way out and then for her to have to go home. So I was like, yeah, listen, well, I'll hop into the shower um, and we'll give you a ring back after. So when I was in the shower, I don't know what happened. I I think with Tig being safe and in bed and yeah. maybe something just changed all of a sudden. And like, I don't think I, I almost wasn't getting a break between the contractions. Um, and I remember being like, David, you need to ring on you. But then at the same time I was saying, David, you can't leave me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was in the shower for a few minutes. I probably, I wasn't even in there that long. Um, and I got out of the shower and I sat onto the edge of the bed um, just to dry myself and that. And then all of a sudden my waters went. Um, so then I was like, oh, wow, we, we need to bring Anya. <laughs> so we rang Anya and it was only like maybe about nine o'clock at this point. And she said, Maeve, I'm actually on the way. I decided to get in the car. I'm on the way. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's grand. I said, my waters have broke. Everything's fine. Um like the water clear right like I knew kind of this time like things to look out for almost you know I kind of educated myself more so I said the waters are clear I'm fine I've the tens machine on like we'll see you soon um and then I think I heard she heard like the noises I was making almost and I think she said to David David you might need to ring an ambulance as well <laughs> oh my goodness my stomach just split I got goosebumps <laughs> so at that point I was like yeah I t- I think the baby might be coming <laughs> um so 
I went into the bathroom then actually and I, and I said no it's not the baby coming I just need to go to the toilet so I went to the toilet and I was like David I just need to go to the toilet like trying to get him to reassure me like I there's no baby, there's no baby coming and he was like yeah yeah you just need to go to the toilet don't worry Anya's coming she'll be here soon and then I was like no I feel the baby the baby's the baby's coming <laughs> oh my god so I could feel the baby's head coming um so Anya was on one phone and then the ambulance um was on the other phone so they were both on speaker and I just kind of remember focusing in on Anya's voice because um what do you call them like the emergency operator is that what you'd call them the person on the phone so they're kind of following a script so they were saying and what's her date of birth and you know things like this and I was like there's no time there's no time for dates of birth the baby's coming (laughs) um and this is a familiar feeling for you as well because you didn't have an epidural with your first experience you knew when baby was coming baby was coming you knew that feeling yeah and at that point like I could feel the baby's head like like starting your hand. yeah exactly like starting to come okay wow okay. um so Anya was like maybe you like I'm I can't remember exactly what she was saying but she was like maybe I'm I'm coming I'll get there <laughs> I'll yeah. be there um so I got down on my hands and knees um just in the bathroom like and and I was like, Anya, I think he's, I, well, I didn't know it was a he. I, I think the baby's really coming, Anya. It's, it's coming. And she was like, Maeve, don't worry. You're fine. You're fine. And I just remember her saying, you're fine. You're fine. And then I was like, the baby's here. <laughs> and the baby was just, he was just there. Like, oh my God. <laughs> out of nowhere. Poor David. Um, I think had a heart attack, I'd imagine. Um. Like he, in the meantime, when this had been going on, he had been grabbing towels and a few different things. So we had towels under me. um, And I think he kind of caught the baby coming out and pushed the baby up to my chest. So we kind of, we caught him. him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Anya was like, she wasn't there yet. (laughs) The ambulance weren't there yet. They were on their way also. Um, So I think like, I was just in shock. I couldn't believe it. Like, like this, so we put Ty to bed at half eight and this was half past nine he was born. Um, Like there was no time, no time in between. And I know people say, oh, the second birth can be much quicker, but never in a million years did I think, do you know, it would be that quick. (laughs) Um, And you're so right in saying that because I've heard from other stories that when the toddlers looked at toddler is looked after, um, even with my own experience, once Oliver left, that's when it was when I saw Oliver that things slowed down because I knew I had mm. a job to do mm. to get Oliver out of the house. And then once he was gone, that's when things really started ramping up. Yeah, it's one hundred percent down yeah. to that. And it's just amazing that, like, when you think back on it, like that nature thing, like it, there was just no yeah. no stopping it. And I'm just so thankful. Then looking back now, like if I hadn't had planned a home birth, um. Like we would have probably put Ty to bed. I would have got my dad to come down to mind him in the house and we would have just been going in the car. So it would have been one of those stories of baby being born on the M50 or something. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was wonderful. So anyway, so he we scooped him up onto my chest and I don't think he cried straight away, but I remember saying, he's fine, he's fine. Like I knew he, he was, well, I didn't know it was a he actually for a while. I didn't even look, but... Um, I just knew he was okay and then eventually he did cry and um, 
I think maybe 10 or 15 minutes later, I was still just sitting there, like just in shock about the whole thing. And then Anya arrived in. Um, I think her car was still probably running. The door was open. Like <laughs> she didn't <laughs> have time for anything. Um, but she ran in and I think, so there's different medications that you have in the fridge for the home birth, just in case. Um, so she had had David get them ready just to have them just in case. So they were there beside me. Um, but I think she gave me the injection for the placenta to come just because she wasn't there to see the birth and she just to be safe. And I yeah. didn't mind, like that was perfect with me. So um, she cut the cord and Oh, actually, the funny story before that. Um, so when the baby was born straight or before the baby was born, even when I said the baby was coming to emergency operator on the phone, kept telling me, you need to lie on your back. You need to lie on your back. Um, and I kept saying, no, no, I'm not like on my back. I don't like, you know, I didn't want to be on my back. Um, and then the same thing happened as soon as the baby was born. They were telling Dave to go find a shoelace. shoelace. And I yeah. was like, no, we're not tying it with a shoelace <laughs> like Anya's on her way it's fine um and he kept going on about shoelace so I remember whispering really loud so that he probably heard just pretend we've done it <laughs> just pretend we've tied it with a shoelace um the cord but we didn't do that and anyway so Anya turned up then and she kind of just took care of everything she whizzed into the room and just sorted out everything and mm. Um, I think then about maybe five or 10 minutes after then the ambulance arrived. So these two big men, I remember with their mucky boots in my new house, came in <laughs> and trundled up the stairs and were like, oh, the baby's here. I was like, yeah, the baby's here. And they were like, um, do you need any help? So Anya asked them to stay until the second midwife came. So they went downstairs. I think they had a cup of tea, maybe and a few biscuits or something, but I didn't see it anymore of the two ambulance men um and then I think like I just we got into the bed um and I think so Anya had given me the injection and then the placenta came um I was really lucky again I had no like tears or anything I might have had another graze um possibly um so of course David thinks he's Ireland's number one midwife now (laughs) as, as a result um and how did you feel were you I'm sure it took you a long time to come down off that shock I think I was just like on this cloud like up on cloud nine as they say like just in absolute awe and I think like I guess like I was like I loved Tyke as soon as he was born but when I saw this baby and the way he like he'd been born in our new house and for it just to be me and David there like it was so special um Obviously, it wasn't planned that way, but <laughs> it turned out like it was really special. Um, and then I remember, so the second midwife, Angela, came and uh, they kind of, they I think they might have gone downstairs, Angela and Anya, once we were set up. So we were in the bed and then we were just like calling the grandparents to tell them the news. And they were like, what? Like, how? Like, <laughs> how's the baby here already? So it was just like a really lovely moment um to, and to be at home and in your own bed was just yeah like you couldn't beat it <laughs> and did he latch on as well okay 
yeah, straight away. And I think this time, like, I um, kind of knew what to do. Like, I had no idea the first time. He had a tongue tie again. Um, so we kind of knew to look out for that straight away. So even though he was feeding well, even though he had a tongue tie, it was just hurting me, basically. So we got mm. his tongue tie cut when he was a few days old. Um, and we haven't looked back with the breastfeeding since. Like, he, he loves eating. He'd be on the boob all day if you let him almost even still um uh and then trying to think with the home birth oh it was lovely then the next morning so one's Angela and Anya and I remember them being so good like I was only saying to David yesterday we were kind of going through this just to try remember everything but like I think Angela helped change the bed clothes on our bed so that I was getting into fresh sheets and just like it was just, they were too good, like to us. Mm. Um, and we hopped into the bed and then the next morning, like somehow, I don't know how, Tig slept through all of this. Like he didn't hear a thing. <laughs> and the next morning he woke up and he potted down to the bedroom. And then there was a baby there. Like, you know, it was just lovely um, yeah. for him as well in, in that way. Like, and I didn't have to be a part of him. Um and I think especially with COVID and things, uh, you know, there was no worry then, like for being in the hospital and being away from him. So it was really, really nice. Yeah. And how did you find breastfeeding with a toddler around? Oh, <laughs> um, lots of fun. <laughs> so that first two weeks, so obviously David had two weeks off work. So like I really, I stayed in the bed pretty much those whole two weeks. Like we went for little walks. Um, like I really tried to establish breastfeeding properly. Um, I tried to rest myself because I knew once David was back in work, then I had to toddler there basically. I had him to look after too. So yeah. um, I knew I had to kind of get myself right. So for those two weeks, like, and it was lovely for David as well, actually. He got to spend loads of one-on-one time with Tyke. Um and then so once two weeks were up um looking back on it I don't know <laughs> what I was like throwing toys at him be like look play with this and then I'd be trying to feed the baby or you're trying to like the poor second child like it's the typical second child you're feeding them when you're walking around you're feeding them yeah. when you're chasing the toddler at the back door like um they just the second child has to get on with it almost whereas I would always be relaxed almost watching telly when I was feeding time yeah, it was oh, so yeah. different <laughs> oh my god you'd spend like hours in front of Netflix it was great yeah exactly but um we were really lucky like he really loved his little brother right from the start so he'd almost be okay, trying great. to get up on my lap and stroke his head as I was trying to feed him and mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying to hold two of them and trying to make him be gentle I don't know how many times I said the word gentle in the first few weeks <laughs> um but yeah no he took to him really well so we were really lucky in that regard great well thank you so much for sharing oh thank you so much and thank you for all this like you're doing with all these stories um oh, no, no, i love it i think it's such a lovely platform for people and to be able to hear about different kinds of um births 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.